3: Dale
1: wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores!
3: Notre Dame, 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game.
1: The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, yeah.
2: how about that?
1: Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the free WSBT Radio app. Big time budgets! Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Taryn Pritchett.
4: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the program. Hope you're having a terrific day. Your Thursday, March the 23rd of 2023, seven minutes after five o'clock. My name is Darren Pritchett, and we are live on 960 AM WSBT. Live streaming available at WSBTRadio.com and with our free WSBT Radio app. You can get the app at the iTunes or Google Play stores. Just search. 960 a.m WSBT and then with that app you can listen to us live or the program on demand we only have an hour of Budweiser's weekday sports beat tonight because we head to Westwood One's coverage of the NCAA men's basketball tournament. We're down to the Sweet 16. Four games tonight, four tomorrow. All the action right here on WSBT Radio. Then the Elite Eight games Saturday and Sunday. And we will be down to four teams after the action on Sunday. So, coming up on the program this evening, we have our hat trick of opening topics coming up in just a moment. Notre Dame football spring practice conversation in our second segment. We'll spend a little time on the offensive side of the football. Plus, we'll bring you the results of yesterday's Twitter question of the day and introduce you to today's question, which is available right now on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. And then we will wrap up the program with a small segment reminding you of the Sweet 16 action tonight, including the games right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. All right, let's get started with our hat trick of opening topics, Micah Shrewsbury. He's going to be the new head basketball coach at the University of Notre Dame. We've seen all sorts of reports about this. Jeff Goodman had a report that Shrewsbury's going to make $4 million per year at Notre Dame. Matt Fortuna, the athletic, mentioned that Notre Dame would have to cough up $4 bucks to pay for the buyout at Penn State. Those are the reports. Notre Dame has not announced anything officially as of yet. But we're all pretty sure that Micah Shrewsbury is going to become the head coach because he talked about it with a member of the Penn State media. Now, I referenced the other day the name David Jones from the Harrisburg Patriot News. He was the first to truly put it out there that Shrewsbury was in talks with Notre Dame. Well, Jones got, I guess we can call, an exclusive with Shrewsbury, and he posted it at the Harrisburg Patriot News. So Shrewsbury apparently made his decision yesterday morning to come to the University of Notre Dame. So why leave Penn State, a program that he had built up in two years to come to the state of Indiana? Again, a reminder up at the southern tip of Indiana, moved to Indianapolis, went to Cathedral. Three-year starter at Hanover College. Head basketball coach at IU South Bend, 05 through 07. Assistant coach with Butler and Purdue. So many roots right here in the Hoosier State. Here's what Shrewsbury told David Jones of the Harrisburg Patriot News. Quote, at the end of the day, if things are even or close to even, The chance to go back to Indiana and coach one of the major programs in the state, it means so much to me. I've coached all over the state, and I understand the history of Notre Dame basketball. It was just a special opportunity. That means more to me. It means more to me than other people who may be from somewhere else, end quote. Shrewsbury went on to tell Jones in the Harrisburg Patriot News, quote, in Indiana, it's the number one sport. Football has gained some steam because of Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts winning a championship back in 2008, but basketball is a religion, end quote. This was interesting. Shrewsbury told Jones the story that last week he pulled up a high school regional game to watch. And it was the Penn Kokomo game. And, of course, the winner had a chance to play for the state championship. Kokomo won by a single point. Shrewsbury, in watching that video, said, quote, And that gym is completely packed. Had to be at least five or 6,000 people. Everybody in the community rallies around those high schools and that basketball. From high school to college, those teams are worship. End quote. And the follow-up question was, and that means something in the context of this job? Shrewsbury said, quote, yeah, it does. Just the power, the love of basketball in the state is huge. End quote. Shrewsbury then attempted to put it into perspective for fans of the state of Pennsylvania or in the state of Pennsylvania Shrewsbury said, quote, Pennsylvania loves football. It means a lot. Wrestling means a lot to the people here. Just how basketball is treated in Indiana, that's the same way. Shrewsbury again referenced Indiana through his mother, Brenda, and father, Bill. Quote, they love basketball. If they'd go to a tournament we were playing in at Butler or Purdue, they'd stay to watch all the games, not just our game. Just because they enjoy watching, because that's what they grew up a part of. My family had season tickets to Jefferson High School games where I grew up, end quote. Now, I'm glad that Bill Shrewsbury was mentioned in this article because really interesting nugget that popped up yesterday. Last night, it was, I believe, Jeff... Let me make sure on this. I'm trying to find it really fast. Matt Fortuna had it from The Athletic. And it was an interesting story, which I had not heard yet. Listen to this. Matt Fortuna had this. Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Swarbrick was given the Sagamore of the Wabash, the state's highest honor, when he was chairman of the Indiana Sports Corporation in 2001. The Indianapolis Deputy Mayor, who gave him a special proclamation... Bill Shrewsbury, the father of Micah Shrewsbury. So there was a connection between Jack and the Shrewsbury family all the way back at least in 2001. So Micah Shrewsbury, 46 years old, used to be the head coach at the NAIA school known as Indiana South Bend, and what do you know? He's moving a a few blocks Now to Purcell Pavilion to be the head coach of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. Again, nothing official from Notre Dame as of yet, but when the head basketball coach talks to a newspaper about him changing jobs, I think we're fairly certain that everything's going to fall into place for our new head basketball coach, Micah Shursbury. All right, let's move along to topic number two tonight in our hat trick of opening topics we move to notre dame football irish running back chris tyree was the top story of day one of notre dame football spring practice yesterday the irish running back for three years got to spend a little time with the wide receiver group and their position coach chancy stuckey we all know that tyree an outstanding catcher of the football whether it's coming out of the backfield or lining up to the outside. So we know he can catch the football, but can he do it full time? Marcus Freeman was asked about Tyree, trying his hand at wide receiver yesterday. And is this something that is permanent?
5: Permanent move, it's it's to be determined. I think he's a guy that has multiple skill sets and we know Chris Tyree is a guy we have to have on the football field. And, you know, the ability to put him out as some wide out. We know what he can do as a running back I and mean, really be a guy that can do multiple different things. You're seeing more of that in college football and the NFL. Guys that can play multiple different skill positions on offense. So you treat him as a running back, you treat him as a wide out. And that's what we've got to be able to do and, and gain confidence at the quarterbacks and, and, and him as a wide receiver. But he's showing the skill set to be uh, a wide receiver at this level. And, you know, we think we can use him as a, uh, in multiple different positions.
4: That was Marcus Freeman yesterday discussing Chris Tyree trying his hand at wide receiver yesterday. So what does this mean? I asked Tyler Horka from Blue and Gold Illustrated this question yesterday. I thought I would give it a shot as well. And first up, we don't know if this is a permanent move. This might be a spring practice. Let's give it a shot and see what we have type situation. With that being said... Is Tyree getting a trial run at wide receiver because of the running back depth? Or is it more so the need for another veteran pass catcher? Now, I'm sure the answer lies somewhere in between. But I lean toward Chris Tyree being a veteran pass catcher insurance policy for Jared Parker in the Fighting Irish offense. Yes, there is no question the running back room is full at Notre Dame. You've got two guys you know you can count on in Diggs and Estime. You got Price coming off a major injury. I think there is a lot of hope that he can be a high-end player when he gets his shot. You got another player in Jabran Payne that you feel good about, and then a, a freshman who's an early enrollee. So there's a lot of good bodies, including 1A and 1B. That is a terrific combination, digs and estimate. So you can afford to give this a shot. Now, injuries can cripple a running back room. We know they can pile up. So there's always the chance you can move Tyree back if you get into that type of situation. Okay. Now, to me, I see Tyree as a player that can line up in the slot and could possibly provide some playmaking abilities there. I think we have to keep in mind there's a lot of hope that the wide receiver room is going to be better than last year. Better, I think, would mean a more consistent group of wide receivers making plays not a couple of times every game or once in a while, but more consistency. You've got a quarterback that even showed on the first day of spring practice he can get you the football including deep down the field. What if Lorenzo Styles' sophomore slump turns into a J junior year? What if things don't turn around? I don't think that'll be the case but let's play the what if game. You've got some older guys in Deion Colsey and Jaden Thomas but we need to see production game after game throughout a full season before we can be locked in that these guys are the answers. You've got a lot of interesting young talent. Sophomore Tobias Merriwether dipped his toe into the water a little bit last year as a freshman. You've got, it seems like, two freshmen that might have a chance to get into the conversation at some point. Rico Flores Jr., who really popped off the screen yesterday, and Jaden Greathouse. So I need more security at wide receiver. I've got running backs right now I feel good about. But just in case there is not that step up in play at the wide receiver position, it sure the heck doesn't hurt to have another veteran guy to throw to. Now, Tyree has to perfect a lot of things if this is going to be a permanent move, but we know he's got the hands to do it. And that gives me hope that he can be an effective player for this football team. How many carries was he going to get at running back? Boy, it's hard to keep Diggs and Estime on the sideline. Tyree had 100 carries last year, but late in the year those carries sort of went away. So I'm really interested to see if he can help as a veteran football player at the wide receiver position. Hey, worst case, it's a nice insurance policy to have. 521 is our time. Darren Pritchett with you. Our third and final hat trick of opening topics for tonight's program It is once again time for March Madness. The NCAA basketball tournament resumes tonight. And for a moment here, we take a look back at some of the exciting action we had right here on WSBT Radio with the first and the second round last Thursday through Sunday.
1: Bits the ball in the right hand, shoots it with a left
3: missed it west virginia has it three seconds now. two johnson three for the win oh he missed it it grazed the side of the iron and maryland escapes onto the second round 67 65 the terrapins outlast the mountaineers in a thriller
2: to get us started today in birmingham alabama virginia the fewest turnovers per game in college basketball Clark runs end line, chest pass into Beekman, bounces back to Clark, 10 seconds, he is double, Slapped at. prayer pass, picked up by He can run end line, down one, chest pass Beekman, over midcourt, his right wing, deep three, no good! The Furman Paladin shot Virginia and secured their first NCAA tournament win in 49 years. 68, 67, the madness is back. Awoma calmly awaits the ball at the line. Awoma steady shoots the second free throw back to the rim no good Pello Larson the rebound the horn is gonna sound the Princeton magic is alive and well the Princeton Tigers upset Arizona 15 over a 2 59 55 is the final score the Tigers will advance to the second round
3: gets the basketball. Looking, peering, kicks it into the right corner. Boy fakes the three, drives into the paint, to the rim. Finger over the front of the rim is good. Florida Atlantic 66, Memphis 65. No timeouts for the Tigers. Lomax ahead to McCadden. No good on the shot. And Florida Atlantic, for the first time in school history, is a winner in the NCAA Tournament. 66, 65. The Owls fly on to the round of 32, knocking off the Memphis Tigers by one. More, three. Top of the key. Got it. More holding the gooseneck, immortalizing that moment in history. 103 to go. FDU 61, Purdue 56, and a timeout. One time a 16's beaten a one 1.2 seconds away from the second ever jenkins is ready the inbound comes overshoots everyone scooped up by roberts and that'll do it the knights have slain the dragon for the second time in ncaa tournament history a 16 has beaten the one And the FDU Knights are at 16, knocking off number one in the East, Purdue, 63 to
4: 58. And that one will sting for a good amount of time. We start the Sweet 16 tonight. Westwood One's coverage on WSBT Radio starts at six o'clock. The first game at 6:30. Tom Izzo and the Michigan State Spartans taking on the Wildcats. Of Kansas State right now Michigan State is a one-point favorite Kansas State opened as the favorite they were a two-point favorite but now Michigan State due to a little extra money coming in on the boys from East Lansing the Spartans are favored by one point the ball game over under 138.5 I still lean toward Kansas State laying or getting the point in this matchup, but this should be a fun one. I think a lot of people are betting on the Tom Izzo effect, which I can understand, but Kansas State had to get through a lot of battles in the best conference in America this year the Big 12, so I lean slightly toward Kansas State plus a point. Then at 7:15, the Yukon Huskies taking on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Right now the Huskies are favored by 3.5 over an Arkansas team who ousted a number one seed for the second consecutive tournament. They beat Kansas in the round of 32 to get to this spot. Total points of the game is set at 140, UConn laying the three and a half. I would lean toward UConn and laying those three and a half. Although if it gets any higher, Arkansas seems like a a pretty good play. At 9 o'clock tonight, the Tennessee Volunteers are favored by five over Florida Atlantic. This number went up to six. It's now dropped down to five over under total points at 129 and a half. I lean toward Florida Atlantic. The Owls have a terrific offense. I know Tennessee showed how they can shut down the opposition with the way they played against the Duke Blue Devils over the weekend. But I think the Owls are a team that can hang around in this ballgame. Tennessee might be a tad bit overvalued after beating Duke. Almost the way Duke was extremely overvalued early on In this tournament with a lot of buzz that the Blue Devils had put it all together. All the ESPN guys and gals were picking Duke. But at the end of the day, Tennessee got them even without their starting point guard. who's out for the year with a knee injury. I'm leaning toward Florida Atlantic plus five in this matchup. And then at 925, this should be a dandy. West Coast supremacy on the line. It is UCLA taking on Gonzaga over under. Total points at 145 and a half. UCLA, a slim one-point favorite. I lean toward under 145 and a half points in this game. I think there's going to be an expectation, like a previous NCAA tournament game between these two teams. There's going to be a lot of points. But I actually think UCLA understands Gonzaga loves to run and gun. They love to score a lot of points. And that's the last thing UCLA wants to do is get into a slugfest. They would just rather, I think, slow things down, make it more of a down game, run the clock a little bit, use the time, try to overpower maybe Gonzaga at times. So I think UCLA will keep the pace slow, which will keep that number below 145.5, 145.5. That is my lean for that particular game. So those are the four games coming up tonight, and coverage right here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. That's our hat trick of opening topics tonight. Coming up next, we will take a look at the Irish offense after day one of spring practice yesterday. I'm Darren Pritchett, and this is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Fighting Irish and the NCAA tournament, Sports Radio 960. WSBT. Win.
3: Don't want to be a loser, going to win.
2: The man in the end zone, touchdown Notre Dame. Lorenzo Styles on the post route. Gives to Esme, leaps into the end zone, touchdown Notre Dame. Ball caught, touchdown. What a catch by Jaden Thomas. Hands off the dig, there he goes. 20, 15, 10,
1: touchdown Notre Dame. We're going out the way we go. Notre Dame football coverage continues now from Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Here come the Irish. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett.
4: Welcome back to the program, 534 at WSBT again. Tonight's program will conclude at 6 o'clock, so we can get started with Westwood One's coverage of the NCAA men's basketball tournament, 6 o'clock. Here on WSBT radio yesterday, day one of Notre Dame football spring practice, 14 practices, and then the Notre Dame blue goal game on Saturday, April the 22nd at two o'clock. That game will be live on WSBT radio. I'm looking forward to bringing you the play by play of the Notre Dame conclusion of the spring contest at Notre Dame stadium. But for now, let's talk about day one of Notre Dame football spring practice, which was yesterday, and a lot of eyes on number 10. That was Drew Pine's number last year. This year belongs to the transfer from Wake Forest, Sam Hartman, who partially rewrote the ACC record books and definitely rewrote the Wake Forest record books. He's got one year of eligibility remaining, and it will be here in South Bend. Now, of course, you're going to hear about a quarterback competition from the coaches, but I think we all are very clear that it would be a major shock if Sam Hartman is not the starter. He didn't come here to be the backup. Now, if Tyler Buckner blows away the competition, then, hey, it's great for everyone, but I know that there's going to be, as there should be, by the coaching staff, talk about how there's a competition. you got to earn the job, which you do, but Sam Hartman is not coming here to be a spectator at Notre Dame Stadium. And head coach Marcus Freeman was asked about Hartman Buckner on day one of Notre Dame football spring practice.
5: Yeah, I would have to go back and watch the film. I think there were times where I said, ooh, that's pretty good. And it's, there's times like, oh, probably didn't make the right decision there. Um, you know, we'll have to go back and watch the film and really evaluate it. But those guys, credit to to Coach Godouli, but also credit to those two guys. That entire quarterback room is is those guys spend a lot of time together. You know, they compete. They push each other. We know there's only going to be one starter when we go out and get ready to play Navy, but the ability to, to have that respect, you know, we say it's unit streak, that choosing to love each other, to choosing to have each other's back, but also competition, right, and the ability to make each other better. That's, that's a reflection of the leadership in that room, but also the type of, the type of personalities those guys have.
4: Well, there was a video released today by Notre Dame, and it showed Hartman throwing a deep ball to Dion Colsey and went over the top of Morrison to make the touchdown catch. Hartman can throw the deep ball, and he is not bashful about throwing the deep ball. If you go back and watch Wake Forest games, man, he takes shots down the field. Highly impressive throwing that deep ball, and it was on display yesterday on day one of Notre Dame football Spring practice. So Hartman, Buckner, right now the two guys atop the depth chart. And we'll see what Kenny Minchie can do. The young freshman, the early enrollee, getting his first taste, putting on that Notre Dame gold helmet yesterday. All right, so the quarterback room. It seems like Hartman and Buckner have already built a very nice relationship, which is always a positive. Nobody has to be friends, but it's a whole lot easier when you can get along, work together, helps everybody in that position room. And Marcus Freeman was asked about the quarterback room and also what his role will be in, well, again, eventually naming a starting quarterback. And here's what Coach Freeman had to say yesterday.
5: Uh, uh, A great challenge for for Geno is that we got – Four quarterbacks in that room that all need to be developed. They all need to improve, and um, that's your job as a coach is continue to find ways to get guys reps to help them improve, um, and but also be able to to have an evaluation where you can make a decision on who goes out first. But my role is going to be the same as it was last year. It's going to be that, you know, myself and, and Coach Parker and Coach Caduley, we're going to sit and we'll talk and we'll look at some of the, the statistics of the competition. But also there's, there's another side of it is, is who makes the best decisions, uh, uh, who um, takes care of the football the best, and, and who ultimately makes plays um, is going to be important. But it will be a collective group effort between all three of us to, to really at some point, you know, be able to name a starter.
4: And at the end of the day, I think we all agree that number 10 guys got a pretty good chance to be the guy taking the first snap of the year for the Irish overseas against the United States Naval Academy. 539, Darren Pritchett with you, Sports Speed on WSBT Radio, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and the WSBT Radio app. We're talking about the Irish offense after day one of Notre Dame football spring practice yesterday, something that I'm excited about. You've got an offensive coordinator and a quarterback coach, different individuals, unlike when Tommy Reese held both of those roles the last couple of years. But you got Gino Gadulli now as the quarterback coach. You've got Jared Parker as the tight end coach and offensive coordinator. And Marcus Freeman was asked to discuss how that can be a positive for the quarterbacks and the offense, having the coordinator and the quarterback coach separated.
5: Yeah, I think that, that- – you know the the one added benefit for the quarterbacks is that you have a guy that is solely focused on you, as you said, but also can just focus on your mechanics, your tools, your decision making. Instead of looking at maybe the big picture, right? He can really focus on did this quarterback make the right decision, and, and um, you know that's the one thing I know with with having a quarterbacks coach. And I've Tommy did the same. I've been our office coordinator. Can do the same thing. But I think when you take some of that responsibility off their plate, and it's just like hey. Coach the quarterbacks and, and see if they made the right decision, instead of having to really coach everybody else and make sure everybody else did their job. I think it it helps with the development of that position. Um, I've been around Gino. I've been around Jared. Um, you know, I've been around you know guys that have coordinated from the tight end position when Gino was the quarterbacks coach, and so I again I knew what to expect. Um, You know, I spend time back there when we go team with the quarterbacks and kind of listen to, you know, the decision-making. And that's the biggest thing, hey, did they make the right decision? You know, because there's so much that falls on that guy's plate that isn't really his fault. I know he gets the, the, the praise and he gets the criticism, but my biggest thing, is, are you making the right decision? Right? That's so important at that quarterback position.
4: And you think back to last year once Drew Pine became the starter, I'm sure a lot of Tommy Reese's efforts during the week was just getting him up to speed. What he wanted from him, fixing things that had gone wrong the previous week. You still want to develop Steve Angeli, of course, along the way. But it's it's difficult when you had a quarterback that was starting that had his ups and downs, it seemed like, every single game this year. Sam Hartman starts, a chance for Godouli to continue to grow. Tyler Buckner, who has showed us some really good things in small little glimpses. I think the bowl game after the rough start, I don't know, he had a pick six late in the game that doesn't look very good, but there was a lot of promise from that game as well. And a guy like Kenny Minchie is going to benefit from the fact that the quarterback coach is going to be the shadow of those quarterbacks and not having to worry about game planning, and doing all the other things that a coordinator has to do during the week. So I think it's a major positive to have those two jobs now separated. And one of the jobs of Jared Parker, the offensive coordinator, and then specifically wide receiver coach Chancey Stuckey, what can they get out of Lorenzo styles this year styles who looked like would have a breakout year as a sophomore went through the sophomore slump things did not go well drop passes which were very unexpected was not a game changer like I personally thought he would be last year fresh start chance to start over and Marcus Freeman discussed what he hopes to get out of Lorenzo styles during his junior campaign
5: yeah it's not even the, just Lorenzo. Um, there's multiple players that, you know, it, it could be mentally they, they struggle, right? And, and that's the difficult part of sometimes social media. Of sometime, I tell the players all the time, I'm a parent. And I probably put the most pressure on my children because I see them in a light that maybe not everybody does, right? And parents can put pressure on kids. Media can put pressure on kids. What they have to do is really just, I tell them all the time, stay in the middle. Right? You know, if it's criticism, it, it is what it is. It's praise. It's, it is what it is. Stay in the middle and don't let it sway you off of the things that it's going to take to have success. So to, to answer your question about Lorenzo, same thing. It became, I think, mental last year. Lorenzo Styles is a talented, talented football player. I mean, really talented. And... I think with him last year, it almost became a mental struggle in terms of even just the basics of catching the ball, you know, and so I've spent much time with not just Lorenzo, but multiple guys of, Hey man, as hard as it is to do, you know, we have to stay focused on the things that really matter and in praise doesn't matter. And everybody loves praise, but criticism doesn't matter. You have to say, okay, how can I get better? You know, we talked about it one day in a meeting, like, you can't be a praise seeker. Right? And that's what what is what is a praise seeker guys just seeking praise from his parents or from his, you know, the media, from his coaches. No, you have to be a truth seeker. That's how you stay right in the middle is that you're seeking truth. How do I improve? How do I get better? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing good? And so you have to continuously remind these guys of of focus on the things that are going to help you improve and seek feedback. On things that are gonna help. Don't seek praise. Don't seek. Yeah, I'm gonna go talk to coach, and I want him to tell me I did a good job. Like my uh, my my seven year old does that, you know. And you know, it's like just focus on seeking truth and seeking feedback on how to improve. And and if they do that, they'll be successful, man. They will. They'll be.
4: There you go. Very interesting comment. You always get some good intellectual thoughts from Marcus Freeman as he was discussing Lorenzo Styles. Quickly, let's get to our Twitter question of the day from yesterday. If you were allowed to watch Wednesday's first Notre Dame spring practice, where would you have gone first? The results, 6.1% said linebackers. 8.5% went with the defensive line. 19.5% said they would have gone to the receiving core first. And number one, yeah, it's one of those things. You got that new quarterback you want to check him out, 65.9%. They would have gone first to the quarterback area. We thank you for voting. And now here is today's Twitter question of the day. Which of these Notre Dame position groups do you have the least amount of concerns about as spring practice begins? Offensive line, running back? or quarterback? Which of these three do you have the least amount of concern about as spring practice begins? You can go with offensive line, running back, or quarterback. You can vote right now on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. NCAA hockey tournament underway. Boston University beat Western Michigan 5-1 in game one of the tournament. We will take a quick timeout. More sports beat coming up in just a moment on your Home of the Fighting Irish and the NCAA Tournament Sports Radio 960 WSBT. When it comes-
1: you can listen to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT Radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett.
4: We are wrapping up Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat for this Thursday. We have to get out of the way for Westwood One's coverage of the NCAA basketball tournament. We are now in the Sweet 16. We've got 4 matchups tonight and four tomorrow. Here is the schedule for tonight. Again, we're joining Westwood One at 6 o'clock. The first game of the night at 6.30, it's Michigan State taking on Kansas State. For TV viewers, that game is on TBS. We are now through the True TV portion of the tournament, that's a channel that you really never watch unless it's March Madness. Although some people watch some of the shows, but you know what I'm saying. It's not a channel you go to a whole lot probably. At 7:15 tonight, Arkansas back-to-back years knocking out a number one seed this year. It was Kansas. Can Arkansas get to the Elite Eight? They will take on Connecticut. That game will be on CBS at nine o'clock tonight. Florida Atlantic University, who beat FDU in their last game, will take on Tennessee fresh off their victory over the Duke Blue Devils. Florida Atlantic, Tennessee on TBS. And then at 945, this should be fun. Two of the top teams from the West Coast going toe-to-toe. At 945, it is Gonzaga taking on UCLA. For TV viewers, the game is on CBS. Looking ahead to tomorrow at 6.30, it'll be San Diego State taking on the top seed, Alabama. Then at 7.15 tomorrow, the team that knocked out Indiana-Miami will face the top seed, Houston. Tomorrow night at 9 o'clock, it's Princeton, the 15 seed, taking on the 6 seed, Creighton, the first time of 15 has faced a 6 in NCAA tournament history. And the final game of the Sweet 16 at 945, it'll be Xavier against Texas. And of course, Saturday and Sunday, we'll have Elite Eight games here on WSBT Radio. And just like that, we'll have our Final Four set to travel down to Houston to play for a national championship. Hey, one other reminder for local baseball and softball fans, the Notre Dame baseball and softball teams will host Their first conference series of the year starting tomorrow, and there have been some changes to the start times due to possible weather issues. Notre Dame baseball, they'll take on an always good Louisville team at Frank X Stadium. Game one of the series is tomorrow. The start time moved up to 3 o'clock. Irish softball begins a three-game home series against Syracuse, and that game has been pushed up from a 6 o'clock start to now a 4:30 start, so Melissa Cook Stadium, Frank X Stadium will be busy this weekend with some baseball and softball action. So check it out if you'd like. Sports be brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Sports fans, this bud's for you. Barnabys of Mishawaka and Granger now with three locations to serve you. Barnabys, the family inn, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org and Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt, don't shop for new beginnings. Have happy endings. The NCAA tournament is next on Sports Radio 960 WSB.